0: Night Dog. Walking you to the ballot box. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for being in our company. Really, really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, to the ballot box. That's what we're doing. We're walking you to the ballot box. Tonight, we profile Al-Jamaa. We, we, we really need to get into the into the thick of it. And and Hanif uh, Hendricks is joining us for the conversation this evening. Before we get into Al-Jamaa and... It's it's And in, in the questions we have for it about what it stands for, what it doesn't stand for, uh, what the party's offering is to some of uh, the biggest problems in our country. Do they have a manifesto that voters can relate to? Before we get to all of that, we have to start in the city of Johannesburg. Khanif, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: Uh, good evening, and thank you very much for this opportunity. We really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, Khanif, what happened in the city of Johannesburg? Uh we went from Tapelo Ahmed to Kabelo. What happened?
1: Uh, Look, as you know, that we only have three councillors, PR councillors. Uh, sorry, two uh, two PR councillors and one ward councillor in the city of Johannesburg, and uh, we were approached by the ANC and the EFF, and they brought along the Patriotic Alliance uh, to ask me personally whether we are prepared to take the mayorship and whether we will lead them in the city of johannesburg i was quite surprised because you know we are busy with the election campaign for 224 and all our three councillors in johannesburg have been given certain objectives uh, to campaign in the city of Joburg so that we can increase our votes tenfold in 224 They've also been the responsibilities to campaign for us in nearby uh, provinces where we don't have a presence. So we agree that uh, you know uh, to serve the, city, the residents of the city of Joburg, we will release uh, uh, one of our councillors to be uh, uh, executive mayor on the understanding that we can't expect them to do as much part work as we would like them to do and we felt that we wanted to make a contribution to the city of Joburg, if political parties have confidence that we can lead. And uh, we hope that we would do a good job up to the time of the elections, and that we may uh, even increase our votes in the city of Johannesburg uh, you know, more than tenfold. So we have a, 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 a strategy, we have a campaign, uh, to increase our votes dramatically. So instead of three councillors in the city of Johannesburg, we are looking at 15 councillors. Okay, yeah, I'm going to pause you there, Hanif.
0: Uh, We're going to get into the party's objectives and their goals and all of that a little bit yes. later on. I want to circle back to uh, what happened in the city of Johannesburg. So you've, you've described to us the ANC as well as the EFF, along with the Patriotic Alliance approaching you to ask if you can avail one of your councillors uh, to be the executive mayor in the city of Johannesburg. This obviously after Tapelo Ahmed's re- resignation. Tapelo Ahmed's resignation was not spontaneous. It was uh, brought about by... Uh, Gayton McKenzie as well as Herman Mashaba expressing that they have no confidence in his ability to lead and Gayton McKenzie quite directly saying, as the PA, we take responsibility for mis- for making the mistake of voting for this man and endorsing him. How did you feel about what they said about Tapelo Ahmed and his ability to lead? Because as soon as, right after he became the executive mayor, uh, the, the party, al Jama, yourself and various other members of the party, went on various media platforms platforms, and telling us that he's capable of leading and that he will lead the city well and that there's a plan to, uh, about how the city is going to be led. Um, and two months into it, uh, one of your coalition partners there said, well, we, we don't think this guy is capable. Um, how did you take that as a party? Uh, and when they came back a second time around, uh, why did you make another one of your members available?
1: Yeah, Let's talk about uh, Imam Gatalo uh, Ahmed. Uh, that uh, we, uh, I'm not going to go into uh, how we indicated that he was competent, but what happened was that the PA is the kingmaker. They have seven or eight votes, and if they pull out, uh, then the Democratic Alliance and their partners will rule the city of Joburg. Uh, so the Patriotic Alliance had a quarrel with uh, uh, with uh, Councillor Tapalo uh, uh, Ahmed. The other coalition partners did not have, and they wanted to contest the uh, motion of no confidence by action SA, and um, they were very disappointed when I gave instructions to the fellow Ahmed to step aside to resign, uh, because uh, we were not certain that the ANC and the EFF would convince uh, Gayton McKenzie to change his mind, because uh, it was our intelligence. That he will, uh, that he wants the palo removed for his own reasons. Uh, He felt he didn't uh, agree with some of the uh, media uh, uh, engagement that the palo had. Although the city of Johannesburg exonerated him with a statement about the 9.8 billion rand, uh, in spite of the fact that the uh, president, that the deputy president of the country. Uh, in the parliament in reply to a parliamentary question you're not allowed to mislead parliament said that the fellow Amit uh, stabilized the city The uh, that President the So state, what, what what was
0: the quarrel between Gaiton McKenzie and Tapela Amit about?
1: Look the quarrel uh, relates to the media interview uh with someone from the SABC and um the fellow Ahmed spoke about a 9 million Rand loan at a very low interest rate. And Keaton McKenzie felt that, you know, uh, that uh, that was all nonsense. It was putting the making a fool of uh, the people who voted him in as a counselor. And that was his personal view, not shared by anyone else. Right. And he stood to his view. And, uh, you know, we've got to respect him. He's a leader of a political party. They are running uh, in coalition with ANC in several areas, and they're doing quite well. So that was his personal view. Yeah. He suddenly had a change of heart. And uh, I didn't uh, I didn't believe that the, that he would change his mind when the motion of no confidence came up. And the ANC was really disappointed that I... Uh, collapse the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, collapse the government, but I didn't want the motion of no confidence uh, to succeed and the DA uh, take over power uh, because there was a one percent or ten percent chance that Caitlyn McKenzie may switch, so I couldn't take that risk and I felt that we needed a week uh, to consolidate and uh, it worked well because, as you know that uh, we were once again asked uh, to, uh, uh, to release one of our other PR councillors uh, to be the executive mayor, and he has now been appointed. Yeah.
0: Hanif, do you at all fear that the ANC and the EFF are involving Al-Jamaa in egotistical political battles against uh, Action SA and the Democratic Alliance? Uh, And do you at all feel that makes for conducive politics? Uh, A lot of people are accusing, um, like they did with Tapela Amit, are accusing Kabelo of being an ANC and EFF puppet, uh, where they will appoint this person from a party that has no real constituency and power, uh, and they will be pulling the strings as the EFF and the ANC. Uh, And this person is merely but the face, but the real decisions will be made somewhere else. Uh, in Braamfontein or in Johannesburg CBD. What's your view on that?
1: Look, uh, that is a, a valid concern and a valid uh, comment, but you must understand that the executive mayor, any one of the eight political parties can pull out and then uh, collapse the government, and then the executive mayor will be, will be removed. So he has to make sure that uh, in the way he runs his, uh, his office, that he carries out and assists the eight political parties uh, to implement the manifesto promises they made to their constituencies so if he is only going to carry out the constituency promises of the eff and the anc and uh and and down to their tune and not taking into the the manifesto promises of the other parties uh then he's on very thin ice so he has experience in this, commander uh, has experience for the last 18 months of working with a minority bloc of, 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 of six or seven parties. And it was this minority bloc uh, that managed to have the numbers to assist the EFF and the ANC. So the minority bloc went into a coalition with the ANC and the EFF, and later on they brought along the Patriotic Alliance on the basis that they have some numbers which will enable uh, the ANC, uh, uh, EFF, uh, uh, you know, uh, not to uh, uh, lose the city to the uh, to the Democratic Alliance. So any executive mayor that is going to dance to the tune of the ANC, the EFF, it will be suicide. You won't last long. And our mayor has the experience of working with six political parties and representing them and putting their case for a coalition to the ANC and EFF and succeeded. So in this 18 months, uh, political parties, eight political parties, has developed a lot of confidence in him. That's why before his election, the, some allegations from the DA surfaced, uh, and but each one of these parties, when I was present on the day of the elections, stood up and said they've got cool fonts in them. They 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 know about the stompies. That another previous example, uh, executive may have picked up and trying to uh, cause uh, this uh, unity and disruptors, uh, disrupt the uh, disrupt the city of Johannesburg. Uh, they are fully behind him because they've been working with him for 18 months, where he has been one of the prime movers behind a very strong collective. And they hope to do well up to the election. So in 2024, uh, people will continue to vote for those eight parties. Uh, their previous constituencies you know, will continue to support them. Because their manifesto promises to a large extent has been accommodated and they may even get more votes.
0: Yeah. And we're talking to Hanif Hendricks, the founder and the leader of Al-Jamaa. Who are they? What do they stand for? And what are they offering South Africans? Uh, Hanif let's start there. Uh, outline in, in, in a minute for us, if you can, what the basic tenets of Al-Jamaa's manifesto is.
1: Look, uh, um I was in the corporate world and I retired 15 years ago after I got an award as a pioneer of the internet and a director of NASPERS, which was a JSE listed company, and I retired, semi-retired. Uh, then uh, he, I was approached by the leaders in the Muslim community to form a Muslim party, because Muslims did not take part in the political life of the country. They didn't register as voters. And in fact, uh, you know, in 1994, there was a strong call by activist Muslims for Muslims not to register as voters because of the sunset clauses. So I decided, yes, that after pressure by leaders in the Muslim community, because I was a leader in several Muslim formations. I don't want to go into that, uh, but I can tell you it's the major organizations in South Africa. I also formed the MSA at uh, the at UCT. I was a student leader. But now I retired and I was approached to form a Muslim party. There were Muslim parties uh, formed before, but uh, they disappeared from the scene. And people just felt that uh, Muslims must have a voice in parliament because our marriages are not recognized and quite a number of other issues. And they felt that the Muslim MPs in Parliament or other political parties were not very effective, and maybe we needed a Muslim party. So I thought, let me get my foot in the door, but I told everyone that, you know, we are a very small community, we won't be effective in Parliament, so we have to open our doors to other communities, we have to be a platform for other communities, but let's try and get enough votes to get into this as a councillor, uh, as an MPL in the province, and also a member of parliament. So during that process, we were opened up, and at the moment we have more non-Muslim members than Muslim members of the party. We have uh, um, uh, quite a number of councillors who are outside our faith. In fact, the executive mayor, which is the highest position that we've ever managed to get, uh, is also a very staunch Christian, And all of of this, uh, you know, is in compliance with our constitution. So we started off as a Muslim party uh, to try and get Muslims to register as voters and take part in the political life of the country and not engage in terrorist activities. So that was the objective. And uh, we uh, obviously made a name for ourselves uh, because we now have about 14 councillors and wherever we are, uh, you know, we get appointed as members of impact. We were appointed as deputy mayor in ESCO, deputy mayor in Arden, and now eight political parties have asked us uh, to uh, lead them in the city of Johannesburg. So uh, I think the reason is because we are considered to be a party that can be trusted, that we are there for service delivery, uh, that while we are guided by our faith and our, and our Islamic values, we respect all religions. We respect all values, and we can work. With, we can work with uh, all formations. So that has given us a reputation. In that, in the city of Joburg. we find that eight political parties. When you know, uh, when there was a situation where they had to appoint uh, a, a, a new mayor, they came back to Al Jama and said, "Look, you 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 gave one of your councillors, we want you to do that again, and we agreed. So, coming to our manifesto, uh, we had our manifesto launch in Clubtown uh, uh, for the uh, uh, two sixth for the for the last election. I think it was two twenty one, and we spelled out that we want number one, we want full employment in South Africa, and we've seen that uh, President Ramaphosa has worked in that direction. But we're not very happy with the kind of jobs that is created. It doesn't comply with decent jobs in terms of the ILO. So we want to continue pushing for full employment, and uh, we want to. What do you? Sorry, what do you mean by full job.
0: employment? Uh, do you mean zero unemployment?
1: Well, it's not zero. It's a you see, Once you once you hit 92 percent uh, uh, employment. Uh, you know, international standards considers you to uh, have full employment in your country because 8% of people who can't work, you know, because of disabilities or because they're lazy, uh, you know. So that's why 92% is like a figure that qualifies you to uh, have full employment. Okay. So we are working uh, in that direction, and we already see some successful efforts to bring more people you know, uh, to, to, to give them an opportunity to work. But we're not very happy uh, with the kind of work they are getting. They're getting menial jobs. Secondly, we so, so, want so, so
0: to pause on that, how, how do you plan on eradicating unemployment in South Africa? What's your solution for it?
1: Look, uh, we first feel that there need to be a policy uh, by a governing party that will be elected, you know, as the governing party on the basis that they are pushing for full employment. And we feel then that the budgets and the incentives to industry and the regulations to stimulate, uh, uh, to get uh, companies to employ people uh, will improve. And also, uh, uh, we feel that uh, there could be conditions by government that if you want contracts, if you want tenders, if you want licenses, uh, then government can lay down certain quotas that uh, uh, employers uh, must uh, use. So we have studied uh, full employment in countries like Denmark, Scandinavian countries. They are close to the 92% mark. Other countries are to it. So it is not a pipe dream. It is possible to achieve it. And if okay, But, can but what is
0: what is the actual solution? How are you going to do it? What what well, are the policies the, that you're going the,
1: to implement? The, 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 most of the jobs will be created uh, by government, and industry will have to match it on a one to one basis, and not. And if they want to do business in South Africa, if they want to remain in South Africa, it will be a requirement of them uh, to meet the uh, milestone set. And obviously, you're not going to reach full uh, full employment in a day, in a, in a year or two. It will have to be a, a, a five or a ten year plan. We've already set certain goals for two thousand and thirty. Uh, we you for example can set a goal that there will be two full employment by the year two thousand and forty. Uh, so so you find that South Africa and other countries are used to uh, you know, to, to work towards goals, I call it sustainable goals. Some of it is supported by the United Nations and I can't see any reason why uh, we can't have a policy that there will be full employment. I, I'm not sure in which year it will be achieved, but, you know, uh, uh, that should be the mission. So that should be the vision, and we should go on a mission to achieve full employment uh, because we feel that possible in South Africa because of the resources it has, the raw material it has, and uh, it has a, a growing uh, university population now that, uh, you know, there is free education uh, 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 at university level. Uh, we want that to, uh, at college level, we want that to extend to high schools and even private schools. Uh, so there is a nice crop of uh, well-qualified uh, South Africans uh, that can serve industry and uh, that we can have, be ready for the, uh, talk, people talk about the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, we are looking at the world of work in 2030. We're engaging with London University Business School, Dr. Kanes, uh, who's a world authority on how jobs will be, uh, how yep. jobs dramatically change from now, uh, and in 10 years time, the jobs that exist now will no longer exist. You will have next generation jobs. Yeah. So we want to work in that direction.
0: Okay, let's take a quick call from Melvin in Benoni, who has a question or a comment here. Melvin, good evening.
1: Yes, good evening, Oliver. Two quick questions. Firstly, um, Mr. Andrew has just said that uh, they were initially a Muslim party. I assume now that they are an open party. My question is, number one, will he accept Jewish community? Uh, Number two
0: is... Oh, sorry, can you just repeat number one there, Melvin? Your line's cutting.
1: All, All right. Will he accept membership from Jewish members? then Johannesburg to join his party. Okay. And the second question is, I mean, he's on record as having criticized and and labeled the Jewish community as criminals, especially in Israeli. Now, how is Mr. Kwamanda going to interact with the Jewish community in Johannesburg? Will he attend Jewish functions? Will he interact with the Jewish Board of Directors?
0: Thank you so much for your question. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you so much, Marvin. Really do appreciate it. Uh Khanif, do you want to respond to that?
1: Yes, Jews are very welcome. You know, Muslims are very close to Jews, you know, especially when it comes to diary matters, when it comes to charitable initiatives. But al-Zamar won't accept any Zionists, no Zionists into the party uh, because of uh, the position uh, uh, of uh, the Zionists uh, generally over the world with regard to Israel, uh, which is occupying Palestine. But yeah. all the new Jews
0: are welcome. Yeah. And just the last uh, theme to explore here. Uh, um, Al-Jamaa, of course, is at the moment a minority party, primarily representing Muslim interest and getting uh, Muslim voters and citizens to participate in mainstream politics. Is it the hope of Al-Jamaa to ever become the governing party? There are multiple minority parties that exist that don't necessarily uh, plan or think they'll ever become the governing party. Freedom Front Plus is one of them. Uh, wh- what are your views uh, around your future and your growth prospects?
1: Look, at the moment, we have constituencies in 50 villages, and there are hardly any Muslims in those villages. We are doing well in that villages. We are very realistic that we will never be able to govern, but we would like to co-govern. We've co-governed in Escort, we've co-governed in Harding, we're now co-governing in the city of Johannesburg, which is the largest uh, metros in, in Africa. Uh, 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 eight political parties have confidence in us. Uh, that must be, mean something. And I just want to share with the listeners that he's now uh, moving moving that is now moving towards a mile, mainstream party uh, a where uh, party. religion uh, doesn't matter. It's all about service delivery, serving humanity and sharing common values, humanitarian values, uh, to especially help the poor take them out of poverty, uh, put them in in jobs. So the uh, religion, uh, while it uh, stimulated us and provides us the values and helps us develop our policies in terms of the religion, for example, when we develop uh, policies on gambling and prostitution, it goes against our religion. So we will vote against the ANC uh, and other parties when it comes to such policies. So our okay. position has been, and I just would like to say this, that we will support policies that result in programs that are funded and that will benefit the constituencies that we work in, especially the villages. Yeah. And uh, there are no Muslim areas, no Muslim communities. You find we are so integrated, Night Talk, Monday to Thursdays, ten to midnight.